inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, June the 24th, two thousand. And 22 in the month dedicated celebrating the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ but it's also the solemnity of the most sacred heart so it's gonna be a great day praise be to God in fact we have some great returning guests on the program we're gonna be talking about the Eucharistic miracles film the trailer is out I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet uh, but we will link to it on the show today for sure but Angelo Labuti is going to be on. He's the director of the program. And Ray Grijalba is going to be on. He is the sort of the host in the program. And uh, we're going to talk about where they're at, how they film certain scenes, and so much more. All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that. It's going to be a great conversation. And the U.S. Supreme Court has struck down a New York law requiring people to uh, demonstrate that they have a, a specific need in order to carry a license for, uh, you know, carry a gun in the state of New York. So that is signaling a lot of uh, people who are trying to get this gun control passed out of our Congress right now. So what does this all mean? The U.S. Supreme Court seems to suggest that... Um, Maybe the gun control isn't going to be so gun control after all. I don't know. We may talk more about that coming up today. Japan's government is very concerned right now. They said they spotted three Chinese warships sailing around their country. And uh, that is uh, provoking a lot of concern today. Alexa's head scientist has unveiled the virtual assistant technology's latest feature. Uh, this is very, very interesting. Instead of Alexa's so-called normal voice, uh, reciting the words of your favorite novel, now you can have the voice of a deceased loved one reciting that novel. We may discuss that coming up at 15 past. Good morning to you, uh, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And wow, how is California? How's the air over there? Oh, smell that? You. <sighs> smells like high gas prices. Bring me back a can of that air over there. Of high gas price air? You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm live from California, actually. I forgot to mention that part. Yes, it is uh, 4 o'clock in the morning right now. Praise Let's be to go. God. And uh, I am live from a hotel uh, in Anaheim, California. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to actually... Your talk? Uh, praise be to God, it went really well. I was very ner I was a little nervous in the sense that I was going to tell them the story of St. Isidore of Seville, uh, who is the patron saint of the Internet and computer mm -hmm. technicians and computer programmers. And this is a, uh, a conference here uh, for computer or like professional IT folks from all over the Catholic uh, United States. So uh, I was like, I'm sure somebody has told them the story of St. Isidore before now. Um, so I was a little risky in that, but guess what? Nobody brought it up. Really? I was the first one. Huh. Yeah, praise be to God. So it went, went well that way. Um, but the great event last night, I'm very grateful to the disc for having me out. And uh, today I get to go hang out with a couple of guys that I went on retreat with back in 2020 in Montana. 
and we're going to go have breakfast. Um, I think we're going to have to go to like either a Vietnamese place or a Mexican restaurant because nobody else is going to be open. So, <laughs> so there's that. Vietnamese for breakfast, anyone? I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. You know, it's Good Friday. It's we're celebrating the nativity of our Lord of us, uh, not our Lord, nativity of Saint John the Baptist. And on top of the nativity of John the Baptist, you know, like you said, we're celebrating the Sacred Heart today. So mm. that's a pretty pretty awesome thing. So I'm going to go to mass seven o'clock tonight. It's going to be a beautiful mass of the Sacred Heart. And uh, some people are getting enrolled in the Sacred Heart Society. So it's wow. pretty cool. So there's a lot of yeah. lot of things going on. And you have a, a wedding this weekend, I, I think? I do, I do. Not my wedding. I'm not getting married. <laughs> but I will be serving a wedding for my friend Chris and Elena Tran, or soon-to-be Chris and Elena Tran. They're getting married on Saturday in the Basilica in Galveston, which is pretty neat. So I'll be serving that Mass. I'm very excited for it. So you're getting married soon? Yes. Just not tomorrow. Just like, not tomorrow. Maybe maybe next week. Probably next week. Not it's like just spitballing it out there. Probably next week. Yeah. Probably next week sometime. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Praise be to God. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good time, Rudy. What, what's on your agenda this weekend? Uh, this weekend, it's been a long time since I've been birding, so I'm gonna wake up <laughs> early tomorrow in lieu of sleeping in. Yeah, I think I need to sleep in, but I also yeah. have this mm. this need to go and check out the birds. So I'm going to go out there in the morning. The I just have okay. to. I just okay. have to. Okay. Well, we'll be praying for your great weekend. Pray, pray <laughs> that I see some rare birds tomorrow. Some rare birds. All right. I'll be praying for that for sure. All right. Let's jump in and pray and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O oh most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy, was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today's Friday, June 24th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from Reuters. British Airway staff vote spells summer of strikes at London's Heathrow. British Airways staff at London's Heathrow Airport voted to strike over pay, threatening disruption at one of Europe's busiest aviation hubs during an already chaotic summer for air travelers. The GMB Union, who represents the British staff Airways, uh, British Airways staff rather, said 95% of British Airways staff at Heathrow Airport backed the strike action after the airway failed to roll back a 10% pay cut imposed during the pandemic. Around 700 workers had been validated, of whom 80% voted. BBC reports court says widower can use embryo made with late wife. A widower has won a landmark legal case in the UK's high court to allow him to try for a baby with a surrogate using the last remaining IVF embryo he created with his late wife. He says, quote, our emotional journey was going from the helplessness of infertility compounded by the feeling of unjustness given all the other medical issues already faced, he said. He continues, we eventually got to the position of accepting that having given our IVF a best shot, this would be the last time that the final embryo would be saved for sur surrogacy. Now, I'll be discussing this story in detail in today's Memory Hole News Recap. Uh, I think it warrants a larger conversation, so look out for it on our CDT YouTube page. The AP reports John McAfee's corpse is still in Spanish smorgue after a year. 
a year after his death, rather. McAfee, who launched the world's first commercial antivirus software in 1987, was found dead on June 23rd last year in his prison cell, a few hours after Spain's high court authorized his extradition to the United States on tax evasion charges. The original autopsy was contested after his widow, his widow attested that he was not suicidal. McAfee's family considered the original autopsy to be incomplete and asked for further checks, which were denied by a local judge. And LifeSite News reports, Love Virtual Children will join the ranks of the Great Reset's depopulation agenda. These computer-generated offspring will only exist in the immersive digital world known as the metaverse, which is accessed using virtual reality technology such as a headset to make the user feel as if they're face-to-face -face with a child. They will cost next nothing to bring up, and they will require minimal resources, according to Catriona Campbell, one of the UK's leading authorities on AI and emerging technologies. In her new book, AI by Design, A Plan for Living with Artificial Intelligence, she argues that concerns about so-called overpopulation will prompt society to embrace digital children. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Amphibolus, most of whom known, what is known about his life is derived from the hagiographical text centered on Albin, written hundreds of years after his death. He was believed to be a citizen of Cherlon during the 3rd or 4th century during a religious persecution. Albin sheltered Amphibolus from persecutors in his home. The priest was believed to be pious and faithful, and while in Albin's home, he prayed and kept watch day and night. He instructed Albin with wholesome admonitions, influencing Albin to abandon his previous religious beliefs and follow him in the Christian faith. Albin, who was inspired by his guest that he chose to sacrifice his own life in order to save him. After the martyrdom of Albin, Amphibialus was believed to have returned to Chaleon, where he converted many others to Christianity, including the saints Julius and Aaron. It is believed that he was eventually captured by the Romans and returned to Verulamium, where he was killed for his faith. Where and how he was killed is unclear. Some sources say he was beheaded, others say he was stabbed. A later version of the legend says that Amphibialus and some companions were stoned to death a few days after afterwards at Redburn, four miles from St. Albans. Amphibialus is known for being one of the four martyrs of the early Christian church in Roman Britain, along with Albus, Julian, and Aaron. There is little known about any of the four early saints, except that they seem to all be acquainted with one another. In 1178, some 800 years after the traditional date of his death, his remains were discovered at Redburn in Hertfordshire, England, near the town of St. Albans. According to the tale, St. Alban appeared in a vision to a monk named Robert, indicating that he wished to make the location of his remains known. Robert followed the spirit of Alban and was led by the saint to the remains of Amphibialus and his companions. Healing miracles were immediately performed and the abbot ordered the site to be excavated. Several bodies were discovered and one body seemed consistent with the manner of Amphibialus's death. The body believed to belong to him and was moved to St. Albans, where a shrine was constructed for the veneration of his relics. St. Amphibialus, pray for us. Jesus Christ in all things, thank you, uh, Adrian, for the saint of the day. By the way, he posts those to the GRN Online YouTube channel. You should check those out. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. 
Jesus addressed this parable to the Pharisees and scribes. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival at home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Adrian, what does Cornelius Alapide have to say about this? Yes, uh, a lot to say from Cornelius Alapide on this passage, but I'm just going to focus just on verse 7. Because verse 7 is already enough to just spend the whole day talking about. He says, I tell you in just the same way that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. So Cornelius Alapide says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven. Greater joy for such is implied by the comparative particle than. The angel then and the saints in heaven rejoice with exceeding great joy when it is made known to them by the revelation of God that a sinner is converted. For when such as one of repentance passes from condemnation to life, it is a gain to the sinner, to the angels, and above all to God himself. The sinner passes from sin unto righteousness, from hell to heaven. The angels therefore rejoice at the blessedness of such, an, such a one. Because, says Euthymius, that they are kindly disposed towards men, and because of re by repentance, men becomes like them in purity and in holiness. They rejoice also on the account because they ruin which was affected by, by Lucifer, and his angels is remedied by the justification and the sanctification of men. And because the places from which these angels fell are restored and filled up, it is joy to God because a lover of souls and thirst for the salvation of men. This is important to note because Cornelius Lapide here is making the point that the angels were feeling the heavenly courts. And it is a common theory that the second coming of Christ will happen when every single spot that was, that was lost by the demons is taken up by the angels. And at that moment, that will be the time because we had refilled the heavenly court. And Cornelius Lapide goes on much more. He says, more than over 99 are just persons. God and his holy angels then rejoice over one penitent, more than over one righteous man. There's so much more to say. Maybe we'll talk about it during the after show, but we're going to go to break. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, Adrian and Cornelius Lapide. Hey, join us right after this very quick break for what's concerning us. I'm curious about how AI is being used and uh, whether or not it's manipulative or... Does it have some sympathy to it? I don't know. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while... We'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, it's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, Where are you, God? 
The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God, and theists don't. Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know he exists by seeing or touching him, but we can know he exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything he said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Angelo Labuti and Ray Grijalba are going to be joining us. They are making a film on Eucharistic miracles. We have interviewed them on, I don't know, two or three occasions, and they're going to be back with us because they just released a, a trailer. And praise be to God, we're very excited for the project. And we we're looking forward to getting an update. Where are they now? When is the film going to be released? What is it going to cover? Uh, explain how you film some of these scenes. I mean, it's pretty cool stuff. All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Um, just the other day, uh, Rudy Carlos, you sent me a, a little video clip. Oh. Or you sent it to both both of Adrian and I as well. Devastating. And and it was a little clip. It was in Japanese, I think, or was it Korean? Korean. Korean. It was in Korean. And it, it was uh, a family who apparently had lost a child. Uh, I don't know how they lost the child, but it was a, a young girl that died. Maybe she had cancer or something like that. I'm not sure. And they were using artificial intelligence, sort of like this metaverse-like experience where it's total immersion. And the mom put on these 3D glasses and these special gloves and in front of a big green screen, they recreated their, pa their child that, who had passed away. And she was interacting with this child. Now, it was all in a foreign language, and unfortunately there weren't subtitles in English, so I, I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, actually, there were English subtitles. They, they didn't explain some things. For instance, they didn't explain whether or not they used AI to generate what the child was saying. They didn't explain uh, or, whether or not uh, this was just all sort of like a, a script that they were just following or if it was actual, you know, uh, sort of off-the-cuff interaction. But nonetheless, we, we watched this mom interact with her with this image that looks and talks and acts like her deceased child. And my heart was breaking for this woman because she wanted desperately to hold and embrace her child. And no matter how much she grabs at this image in front of her, no matter how real it might feel at the moment, she can't actually grab this child. And in just the whole time, I'm just, wow, my heart was breaking for this poor woman and to see they then they panned over to the to her husband and her other children they're all crying and i thought this is just a heart-wrenching scene here and i wondered whether or not this is a good use of this technology is it emotionally manipulative or is this something that could be used to help families heal from the lost uh loss of loved ones well i saw a similar story to that today on the daily wire 
The headline reads, Amazon showcases technology transforming Alexa's voice into your deceased loved one's voice. Here's a little bit of the article. It says, listening to your deceased, deceased mother read, quote, The Wizard of Oz, close quote, to your sons and daughters may soon, be, soon become a reality thanks to Amazon's Alexa. During the multinational technology and e-commerce company's annual Mars conference in Las Vegas, Alexa head scientist unveiled the virtual assistant technology's latest feature. Instead of Alexa's so-called normal voice reciting the words of your favorite novel, now hear her voice. Now her voice can transform into that of a loved one who recently passed away reading your favorite bedtime story. Quote, we are unquestionably living in the golden age of AI, close quote, the scientist said. Quote, where our dreams and science fiction are becoming a reality, close quote. Now here's the question. Is this a good thing? Rudy, what say you? Uh, you know, it, it makes me uncomfortable. So the, the reason I sent that original video of the, of the family, it was really just, I think it was just the mother in, in the scene who puts on the AI equipment and uh, goes into the metaverse and meets her daughter. I thought it was one of those man-made creations that um, mm. it's just it's just so concerning to me to 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 see happening today because I think I don't know if it actually helps people heal. I think uh, I think it uh, maybe in a, in a certain sense some people can handle that sort of thing, and then I mm -hmm. feel that most people will become obsessed with that sort of thing. Another story today that I covered in the news was. Well, now they're talking about AI children being a thing. We already know that our population is going down here all over the, in every continent almost. Yeah. And, uh, and so the introduction of, of this, this uh, technology to bring in children, virtual children, well, there's some ethical concerns there, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you really don't have that much responsibility with something that, uh, that that's in a computer it's not going to die it's not going to you know you you, you, you don't have to feed it you don't have to feed it you don't have to <laughs> you, have to you don't have to change diapers yeah. you don't have to change diapers you don't have to stay up all night with it like you don't have to raise well, it there's well, a lot less okay. at stake here right <laughs> well maybe you're convincing us that this is a good thing i mean <laughs> well, these are all upsides what are you talking about because they love convenience right <laughs> right but i think that there's something dangerous here and that there's an ethical problem here that that needs to be addressed before we ever we ever go into it. I think that's mm. the common trend when we talk about artificial intelligence. This question yeah. always comes up, what are the ethical concerns here? Because mm. this is quickly becoming accessible, but I don't think we've even answered those questions yet. You know, I, I agree. I think there's a slippery slope here, double-edged sword, and there's upsides and downsides, and those downsides can be very uh, ethically uh, complicated and tricky, and and scary in some ways, and I agree. However, I think there's an upside as well. I remember when my father-in-law passed away, mm -hmm. and um, my wife, we were we were trying to get my wife on a plane to to get back in time to say goodbye. And unfortunately, he passed while she was in the air. And uh, there was some incredible, you know, short, uh, small consolation graces that she ex experienced. For instance, a plane full of people praying the rosary with her. That was pretty cool. But nonetheless, she missed the opportunity to say goodbye. And when she got back, we discovered that he had left a voicemail mm -hmm. on our machine. 
not saying goodbye, but just it was like a couple of day, a day or so before he passed. He called like normal, and you know his voice was left on the machine. And I remember, you know, her listening to that and sort of holding on to that. It was it was comforting to her mm-hmm. until that voicemail got accidentally deleted, and then it was gone. And uh, and the, the sadness that 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 last piece to to hear the voice of her father was no longer available to her. So, you know, from that perspective, I have empathy on these, uh, on that lady that I saw in that video clip. Yeah, who, I do too. Who wanted to have some sort of, uh, you know, closure. You know, and I, maybe it's because, it, I mean, I, don't, I have no idea who this family is or, or anything. I'm just going to speculate here. So take that with a huge grain of salt. But I'm, I'm doubting they're, they're Christians. Right, so, and I think that's an issue too. As Catholics, as Christians, uh, especially if we're living in a state of grace and living the, uh, the sacramental life and striving towards towards heaven, um, we have we have hope. Whereas, if you are not, then you don't. And I can imagine that they might need that in a, in a greater way, mm. you know. Which is, I think, a, an opportunity for us to to evangelize and to reach out to them. But uh, you know, so. Is the upside, does the upsides outweigh the downsides is the question. Because I agree, I think the opportunity for abuse in these situations is real, right? I mean, we've already seen some of that going on. We, didn't we, we talked to E. Michael Jones not all that long ago about the, the transhumanist movement <laughs> right. and, and how they leverage this technology for very creepy things. And, um, and yeah, will will families because they're already getting dogs instead of children, right? Like mm-hmm. they're taking family photo portraits with their dogs, and their grandparents are in the photo with the dog. You know, and it's like <laughs> it's like have kids. They get the stickers know? that say "I'm a dog mom." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dog, yeah, 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 so maybe like, those folks would be like, "Hey, we can have kids too, virtual kids, not real kids." But hey, it's, what's the diff? They're still just children. Um, that's kind of creepy and and weird. And I definitely am very concerned about the downside use of the technology. But would this be a uh, a technology that in, used in the hands of, say, a Catholic psychologist who has a has a client who is grieving unconsolably, uh, is dealing with depression as a result of the loss of a loved one? Would a technology used in those circumstances uh, properly with the proper supervision? Would that would that be a help? Would that be something that could be good? There's the question I think, uh, and I wonder what the answer is. You know, the other the other issue too is, look what they've done with, um, you know, recreating the image and likeness of actors, Princess Leia. You know, um, there's been a bunch of others since then. Now it's kind of gone crazy. It wasn't there like a a deodorant commercial not all that long ago with a younger Dolph Lundgren. Uh, you know, so we're seeing the AI being used in ways that it's obviously getting a lot better. I mean, you just go on your social feed, and now all of a sudden, you're seeing all kinds of people recreating the image and likeness of other folks, and doing it pretty convincingly for the most part. And they're not <clears throat> they're not Hollywood studios. So where all where does all that go and uh, and wh- where's that that we have a we have that button on our little panel there Adrian about sometimes we uh, we don't stop to think uh, just because we can do something doesn't mean yeah, we ought to do something. Yeah, but you're scientists. We're so preoccupied with whether or not they could. They didn't stop to think they should. Yeah, exactly. Adrian, where do you weigh on all this? Should AI be used in a way that consoles 
people who are struggling with the loss of a loved one? What say you? Yeah, I mean, I think that technology is not a evil thing in and of itself. I think that clearly there are uses of it that can be good. But I think what Rudy was saying at the very beginning, the first thing Rudy said out of his mouth, I was like, that's entirely 100% correct. He said that whenever he's like, I don't know if this was going to actually cause things to be better or is it causing them things to get worse? Because then you get attached to the AI. It's mm. not so much helping you get over it. It's, in fact, doing the exact opposite. You're getting more and more attached, but you're not getting attached to your family who's in heaven or hell. I mean, we don't know, but your family who's, who <laughs> has died, um, you're not getting more attached to them and spiritually. You're getting attached to a simulation of them and not yeah. actually them. And I think that's very important to keep a supernatural vision of things. Yeah. If, we are, if we die fortified by the sacraments, then we can have the hope of the resurrection of the dead, right? And so if we have the hope of the resurrection, if we are, die fortified by the sacraments, then we can actually foster a relationship with our family that is different because it's lacking our body. There is still a sadness there. But there is also an element where we can have a relationship with them that is a real relationship and it's an yeah. actual relationship with them, even though they're not here on Earth. And that's something that we often forget. And if by having this AI situation, we are actually destroying the spiritual realm. We are, have now imitized the eschaton. We have made what is supposed to be towards heaven and made it here or tried to make it here on Earth. Mm. Yeah, the, the downsides are, are very concerning, to be sure. I mean, that was the, the story we were talking to E. Michael Jones about is how they were using... This uh, it was a started almost in the same scenario. A woman who lost a friend wanted to have some sort of uh, closure. Creates an AI bot that, that the friend chats like the friend, and then that kind of took off. And people were having emotional relationships with ones and zeros. They were having emotional relationship with with uh, artificial intelligence, and that is kind of uh, no, that is actually scary. So let's pray for an ethical use of science and technology versus, hey, we can do whatever because we can, right? At any rate, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Rudy Carlos is going to give us more breaking news and stories, and Angelo and Ray will be on about Eucharistic miracles. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, Progress is a useless word, for progress takes for granted an already defined direction, and it's exactly about the direction that we disagree. We can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is, and then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it. The real question is not whether we are progressive, but what is our goal? My goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too. What's yours? Want Chesterton for more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Now, I have some bad news for you here. This one's from Breitbart. White House and oil refinery executives fail to reach plan to lower gas prices. U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm emerged from an emergency meeting with major oil refiners on Thursday with no plans to lower gas prices, but uh, with a vague promise to keep talking. The Biden administration's efforts to lower gas prices are hampered by the Democratic Party's anti-fossil fuel stance. The far-left climate change activists will not tolerate an expansion of domestic oil production and a myriad of regulations have helped reduce refinery capacity in the U.S. and kept refiners from opening new plants. The Epic Times reports husband builds rickshaw for wife with MS to continue their daily walks together. Now here's a good news story for you. A couple who had always enjoyed long walks together were devastated when the wife was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Walking became harder, but her husband was determined. He built a rickshaw, allowing him to pull his wife on their favorite walking routes and to keep their shared pastime alive. The thoughtful husband had most of the parts he needed, and the build took only a couple of weeks. He was able to pull the rickshaw using a belt around his waist. The true test for the rickshaw said Rick will be taking it on a family route along an old railway track near their home where they can forage for mushrooms and enjoy native flowers and wildlife. The first time they walked this route was on Mother's Day, and it became an annual tradition. And this one from Daily Wire, California Attorney General discusses legislative efforts in light of Supreme Court ruling on Second Amendment rights. In a 6-3 decision, the Supreme Court ruled Thursday that New York's requirement for people to have proper cause in order to get a concealed carry license violated their Second Amendment and Fourteenth Amendment rights. California has a similar requirement known as the need to demonstrate good cause. California Attorney General Bonta's press release noted that this is likely unconstitutional. However, other measures to get a permit from law enforcement are still enforceable, such as the need to have a successful background check, the completion of a firearm safety course, and proof of residency. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now is Ray Grijalva from the Eucharistic Miracles film. Good morning to you, Ray. Morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I, I we were I I wasn't sure. I thought Angelo was going to be on with us, and I was I was going to be able to uh, sympathize sympathize with uh, with Angelo. I'm in California this morning, so we usually when we interview him, we force him to get out of bed crack of dawn. Well. <laughs> I came to California just so I can be there and suffer right along next to him today. Uh, but uh, oh man, that's amazing! I'm on Eastern Time. And, uh, <laughs> oh, wow, so excuse me, <laughs> the crack of noon over there. That must be nice. There we go. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the the trailer has come out for the Eucharistic uh, Miracles movie. Tell us about this. Yeah. So man, it is so exciting. We uh, we released the live action teaser trailer, so this just kind of whets the appetite. And lets you see some powerful scenes from John 6, the Last Supper, um, you know, the whole boat journey and Peter falling into the water and everything like that. It is incredible. So Angelo worked so hard on that and used the connections he's built over the last 35 years to have, for instance, the editing done by a, a editor who works for Disney. Incredible editor. Color correction done by the head of color correcting for the Revenant movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. And it is incredible i uh, I've, I've loved to speak with people and literally people telling me that they have goosebumps they're in tears from seeing this so wow. so grateful that all worked out and it's it's incredible yeah i saw the trailer over on youtube um for for people who haven't seen it yet where can they see the trailer yep so uh you can go to two places 
We've uh, chosen a theatrical title that will appeal to everyone as the new mana. So if you mm. go to the new mana movie on YouTube, that's a that's the channel specifically for that. You could also go to the Joy of the Faith and do it that way. Joy of the Faith or search for new mana. Just as a follow up question, you know, we've interviewed you guys in the past before, but for people who haven't seen that interview, what inspired you to create this movie on Eucharistic miracles? Yeah, so uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis was a huge driver into this, and uh, I've always been interested in miracles, and I said, man, I need to, someone needs to dive in and actually speak with the doctors and, um, I guess, go more in-depth, right, rather than just, like, accepting it blindly. I'm always someone that wants to see it and read it myself, so I literally just, sitting on this couch, I would Zoom these uh, doctors, and then Angela saw that, and he said, Ray, we need to make this a movie, take it to the next level, and that's what we've done. We went to Italy, Mexico, and Poland, interviewed doctors, witnesses, and we'll weave that in with the live action to create a movie on the Eucharist like there's never been done before. Yeah, it's amazing to see. And it's been an exciting process and a journey, but a long one and a difficult one. Maybe share with us some of the, the, the especially now that you've gone into, you've filmed all these scenes for John 6, how hard was that to get, to get all the puzzle pieces lined up and make that happen? Share some of the journey there. Yeah, so John 6 was a great example of the challenge. It was literally the hardest scene to shoot from a logistics standpoint. There were others that were more difficult from a technical side, but we had almost 300 extras on site for wow. that filming. Uh, we had to rent buses and, uh, and like 15 passenger vans to shuttle people here and there. Um, and then, of course, like direct them as to where to go for uh, each scene and food and all those things like that. So it was uh, down to workman's comp and everything. I mean, it was extremely challenging just to lead that many people um, with the small crew that we have, right? You know, normal productions have like lists of producers and uh, we just had, you know, a couple of us. That's how we keep the cost low. And that's what's been really the, the game changer in this, you know, because we've only done all this in uh, a little under $300,000. So um, we're hoping that 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 trailer will inspire people to bring us the amount needed to finish the production because what many people don't realize is the post-production is what separates this movie from like your typical um, Christian movie, right? Editing makes all the difference. Music makes all the difference. And that is where um, even after we're done filming initially, there will be scenes that the editor's like, you need this to make this flow perfectly. You know, and that's the stuff that I think will bring this movie to a whole new level and touch souls the way it never has. Plus the CGI transubstantiation and all of the animation behind that. I'm really excited for that. So the trailer itself then, um, may not, that, 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 that footage that we're seeing in the trailer could also not look 100% just like that in the final product. You're still in the process. You're still Correct. figuring all this out. Yeah, so we are... Uh, I'd say we're around 90% done filming. Um, but once the filming is done, the, the like post-production process is okay. Hey, like you hear typically, like even with the new, uh, the new Thor movie, they talked about reshoots with Christian Bale. Right. And, uh, the whole thing was he didn't shave his head or whatever. Um, so after filming's done, they're like, okay, we didn't get the shot. We need you to come back to do that shot. So that is what has, uh, what's taken the, I guess more time. So what you saw in the teaser trailer 
is definitely not the final product. There's a lot more work that will be done from everything, from the audio side. The color correction will probably stay pretty close because we had an incredible professional on that. Um, but weaving all these scenes together is uh, definitely a challenging process and one that, that takes it from just like, you know, looks pretty good to breathtaking. Wow. Well, that's very exciting. So how much, uh, I, I want to ask a bunch of questions, uh, but we're going to be out of break here in a few minutes, but uh, about the actual, like, uh, how, the, how, the, how the recipe works here. But let's talk about the money for a second here. So you, you, you've had enough to get you to this point. How much more do you need to get over the, the finish line? Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. We, um, I'm going to say it here uh, first. So there's a scene that we've wanted to do but we basically eliminated it in our in our like initial crowdfunding stage. Um, where we're at now and the, the things that we're seeing, um, especially recently with like Speaker Pelosi and stuff, um, we had not initially planned to film the first Corinthians 11:27 scene where Paul says, he who eats or drinks without discerning the body eats or drinks damnation upon themselves. We think that is a key verse to be said. Um, and St. Ignatius, was uh, you know an early Christian and was literally mauled by lions in the Colosseum. And that is a scene that we basically removed because the challenges needed to actually get real lions. Um, but that's, that's one that we're embarking upon. So we don't have all of the estimates in, um, but basically to finish the film, we'll probably need at least 600,000 more. Um, we, we don't have like, all, like it's not a firm number yet. We're still working on that. But uh, and that doesn't include any marketing or anything like that. So there's still a ways to go, uh, and that I mean that would bring the, the total budget, you know, much lower than a million. So that's pretty good for most films. I think the Roe vs. Wade movie that recently came out was like three million, um, and that that's you know totally a different lane than ourselves. So well, then what about marketing then? Because you could have a fantastic film that nobody watches. You're going to want yeah. a marketing budget, right? Yep. So we're, we're working on that as well. We have a good business team uh, that we've assembled to, to pull together those numbers. Um, Angelo, of course, has connections. So he's he's speaking with producers like, hey, how much went into marketing for the case for Christ? Eight million dollars. Oh, just for marketing. So yeah. this is where this is where like the money concept is really like so foreign to so many people like eight million dollars. Are you serious? You know, um, we haven't got we haven't heard back from the chosen. I'm sure it's it's somewhere in that number, you know. But this is how you really bring the message to the world. So, um, where so many people are like, all right, when is it going to be done? That's an important question. But the the other question is like, how much do we have to bring this to the nations? Because only so much will happen virally, and um, it's uh, so it's it's going to be a, a large undertaking. Yes, and an exciting one for sure. So you still have a capital campaign up, I imagine. There's still a, there, I mean, you're always accepting donations on the website. We okay, are, so yes. The website is eucharisticmiraclesmovie.com. So maybe can, uh, consider a contribution to the effort. It would be amazing. eucharisticmiraclesmovie.com. But don't go anywhere. After the the break, we're going to continue our conversation with Ray Grijalba here, and uh, I want to ask about uh, the secret sauce behind the scenes. How was the scorching scene filmed? I, I understand the Shroud of Turin was involved. I'd like to know more. We'll be right back. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions on Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitely no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrines such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are all the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity did not rid unbiblical practices they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such divisions prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. Thirdly, the golden twins, sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, beliefs, and doctrines. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Um, I'm live from a hotel in California, trying my best to keep all of the different technologies working. And yeah, anyway, Ray Grijalva is our guest, and he is uh, the host of a film that's about to be released. Well, I don't know about how about, but soon enough, uh, it's coming out. The Eucharistic Miracle Movies doc. Um, Eucharistic Miracle miraclesmovie.com I want to get that right eucharistic yes. miraclesmovie.com is the website you should check it out praise be to god they have a new trailer out which uh, is now really uh, gotten very exciting because we've been talking about that you've been talking about this angela's been talking about this we've had you guys on a few times and it's been well, the project itself to this date what two years maybe yep september 2020 was when it began so we've been uh we've been at this for a while so if anyone's wondering you know everyone's like oh when will this be out there's no one that wants to answer that question faster than you uh than angelo or i so uh it's uh, it's been a lot but i know you mentioned the, the shroud of turin and the scourging so uh angelo has joined and uh he'd be able to answer that question best because he had the great idea behind that the uh, director of the film it's good to it's good to uh, have you on our program. Hopefully, uh, you, you, you can hear us. Can you hear me, Angelo? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you guys. Oh, yes, wonderful. Yes. Good morning. Thanks for your time today. Uh, I, I'm morning, in California, too, so I'm suffering next to you right now. I'm in Anaheim at the moment, so, uh, <laughs> you know, getting up crack of crack of dawn. Unlike your friend Ray there, who's it's practically noon for him, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He already did the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I li- I'm a geek when it comes to movies. I like how they're made, you know, and, and what goes into them so tell me especially about the scourging scene how did you make the scourging scene yeah so uh, we are able to find this location so we took like uh, some uh, some some work to 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 prepare we, we had this great great guy and i mean i mean uh, he's uh, he does uh, a 
he does mostly do sculpting uh, uh, work, but because of his background in sculpting uh, and his passion on uh, on creating prost- prosthetics, uh, we kind of start to organize and say, look, I mean, we are to we are to pulling this out. And I mean, it's like, I'm gladly he's so, such a strong Catholic. Uh, his name is Peter. Uh, really blessed blessed name too. Uh, so uh, he we. He, we decided to have to make like a, a perfectly replica for uh, a, for the shadow of Turin. So we kind of like a, they're almost like a, a each each different piece, each different sculpture is almost like a tape that can can be put can be put with the glue. It but it requires hours and hours of uh, of putting, and it requires hours and hours to remove it. So it's not something that's okay, it's going in and out, like in, in one hour it's done. I mean, it almost took like a full day to, wow. uh, to put in on Rob. And then they, they, after putting everything surrounding the right spot, need to after be uh, colored and adding the blood and camouflage that piece of skin with the real skin. I mean, so it was like, it was definitely, Something like a really, really, really long, and I mean, uh, and uh, as uh, we were doing, we are we are prepping the set. Uh, but it was one of the most everybody uh, on set. They said it was one of the most remarkable things because I mean, right after the scourging, we had the priest came uh, along uh, for doing mass. And uh, everybody said that I mean, it was one of the most the things they will never forget for the rest of their life. Because uh, it's uh, I witness the eyes and maybe this beautiful but harsh image on your on your uh, on your eyes on your mind that they're going to do mass and hear that this is my blood. This my things uh, was definitely was definitely something uh, uh, some, something special. Wow, praise be to God. That's exciting. Um, how much did you take inspiration from the Passion of the Christ to, to film these scenes? Did you, were you inspired by those? Did you try to do something different than those? Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, uh, I, is it yes and no? I mean, I, it's obviously you saw it. And I think the most remarkable things about the Passion of Christ was, uh, that they were bold enough for that specific time of 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 the the team that I mean to actually show it. Nobody's done it. I mean, so uh, that that element was uh, important, but they didn't really did inventing the wheel. Because I mean, that was actually what was done. I mean, we we actually made each single perfectly wounds perfectly like what Christ was. I mean, so uh, we actually topped it. I mean, it's like a, they just put a couple of random stuff. We we made it a kind of way, I mean, it, I mean, anybody can watch it, the video, knows it. I mean, that specific one on the left, or that little bit on the bottom one, <laughs> or down there, was that actually was how was on the Shroud to read, which is the most closest to do it. So, like a, how I, I I didn't really reinvent the wheel, and I think I mean every time you have your own set, your own acting. I was, I was talking with some of my colleagues. 
the difference between making an animated movie where Spielberg sometimes they say they have like hard times because you you the limit are in, are, are the sky when you do an, a full animated movie. I mean you can create anything you want. When you set you are to dealing with uh, the location. They are to dealing with the props you allow to, to, to buy and purchasing and with the actor actors and their acting skills. And sometimes you are to, for example, we had this great actor, uh, this uh, MMA fighter, uh, Bas Rudin. So you, you and he was, play, he was playing the, the Roman soldier, right? So I have to acknowledge his skills uh, and uh, his, uh, his things, and I, I, when you set it, you are to morphing your script to, with who you have, and I mean, so obviously if you have Brad Pitt, you are to allow him to say some lines. You cannot say, oh, no, you don't do this. I mean, you can't you can micromanage too much, mm. so you have, to be, you have to be able to be flexible with who you have and how you do it. Sometimes a guy, he was, he was trying to do it, and he hurt his shoulder, so now he cannot hurt it. He, can, he cannot whip anymore. So now you have to changing. You have to say, okay, I cannot call like a doctor and fix his shoulder. You're in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, all right, so you, you don't do that anymore. So now you, you do it. I mean, and uh, so it's like, a, it's, it's so funny. It's like, a, I, the passion was beautiful movie, but we cannot really, Copy nothing is done it. I mean, it's again we have to just read in the scripture and uh, and try to see what some Thomas Aquinas did. I don't know what what kind of. I know they try to do lots of St. Catherine's Emmerich, but I don't know how much they, they study St. Thomas Aquinas. How much uh, I try to do perfectly what St. Thomas Aquinas mm -hmm. wrote it down, and then. Uh, adding, filling the gaps for what psychiatrist uh, Hemick she say as well. Yes, Angelo, you know, I was, I was thinking about this while you're speaking, and I had two questions. One was, uh, do you have a, a theologian as a, like, or somebody on to be like your, your uh, guide, your advisor for theology? And the my other question is, in regards to the same thing, to the transubstantiation scenes, uh, I know you don't want to reveal too much about what you're planning for the animation, but I am very intrigued. I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this is great, but I really, really want to know what your plan is for the animation of how you're going to animate transubstantiation and how you are, you mentioned looking at St. Thomas and Catherine Emmerich in terms of uh, what that, uh, your theology of how that's going to look like. Uh, so tell me about that. Sure, sure. Uh, they're, all, they're really, really good questions. I mean, uh, so first of all, I mean, I, I have amazing spiritual directors. So, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know Father, Father, Father Rippinger. So I was blessed uh, for a good uh, eight years to having him uh, coming uh, uh, here and doing some private uh, Theology classes for, for us. Wonderful, praise So uh, that one, knowing that one, I mean, now we are we're such a good friends. So every time so I was, I added this like a pile of uh, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas books, uh, which is called the Catena Aurea, which is like mm -hmm. there, there are all the testimony down there. So I was 
going through each of that one and add that up to to a, 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 some form of script or some form of basic ideas. And then I, there was any question to do, I was texting or calling Father Rippinger mm. and say, okay, what's that one there? What does what it mean? I mean, is like, can, can, can we this one be pushed to this level? Can you bring that one the other way? So I think it's like a, it's, it's a more getting what you already spoke in the past in all these years, learning from, 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 from those, those, those writings. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes it's like a, you are to allow that kind of freedom when you're making art. That's something I was, I was talking the other day with, uh, with Ray too. Uh, it's, even with, with some other new friends, so uh, they, they start to help me now to raise the money. <coughs> Art, uh, it's it's not like uh, going to buy a car. It, I mean, you know perfectly how much cost. You know the model. You know everything. You do it. I mean, it requires some flexibility with who you have in set, with who you have down there. So, uh, lots of his uh, improvise, improv, improvise. I mean. Uh, uh, this kind of stuff. I mean, so it's, uh, it's, 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 you are to be flexible. I mean, and uh, taking, and, and I think, I mean, for us, we believe in God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, you are to, sometimes uh, we have to, we have, uh, we've been, I mean, me and Ray now, we are going through to re refine some new location because, I mean, the one we were supposed to hope into almost felt that everything was okay. What got booked for the old summer? Oh, wow. <laughs> so now he said, okay. So, <laughs> God, that's is on you, man. It's like you can't blame on me. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't have the money before. Now we have some money for well, me. Now that you, yeah. We're, we're out of time, unfortunately. We have to have you back. But let's, uh, let's help them raise the money they need so they can finish this project. Go to EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. Dot com. Check that out today. Ray and Angelo, God bless you. God bless you. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Christianity rises or falls with Jesus. If Jesus is just a myth, then Christianity is false. It's that simple. So, is Jesus just a myth? The answer is no. Apart from the four Gospels in Paul's epistles, which skeptics unfairly reject, we have non-Christian sources that affirm Jesus existed. For example, the first century Jewish historian Josephus in his work, Antiquities of the Jews, names Jesus, describes him as a doer of startling deeds, and affirms his crucifixion under Pontius Pilate. Cornelius Tacitus, a Roman historian of the first century, in his work Annals, refers to a group of people called Christians, and describes the founder of their name as, quote, Christus, who was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius, close quote. So, was Jesus a real historical person? You better believe it. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, luminous, joyful, and sorrowful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. 
Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, it is an ideal in a diseased society, it is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical. Practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family, who give up on the ideal. Hi, I'm Jenny Granero from the St. Cecilia Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's good to be on with you again, praise God. Just wrapped up a great conversation. Boy, I wanted more. Uh, I wanted to talk to Angela more and ask more about uh, how the how the film is being made. I mean, some of those scenes, if you go to their website, EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com, you're going to see they have like blog posts there or they have like a... You know, behind the scenes, some of the difficulties they were struggling with. There was this, so they had a video there of them trying to, uh, they were, they went and got the boat that was used in the television series, net, or no, uh, VidAngel series Chosen. Uh, they, they, they borrowed the boat that they used on their set, but in order to get that to happen, they, they had to jump through a mile of insurance <laughs> difficulty. And uh, so you really realize, like, it, it is not easy to make films. It is not easy to do them at high levels. And uh, that's part of the reason why there's so few that are doing them out there. So uh, let's, let's support them. Let's encourage them. But if you missed that interview, let me encourage you, go to our podcast, uh, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you'll be able to listen to the podcast there. It'll be available about an hour after the show or so. Um, but uh, very, very good stuff. Looking forward to seeing that. And I hope, I hope and pray that they, they raise enough money to to have a proper marketing budget. This way, their product will be seen by many, many people all over the all over the planet, not just their their friends and their family and a few CDT listeners, right? Yeah, for the good better. of souls. For the good of souls. Yeah, mm-hmm. praise be to God. So at any rate, check that out. EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. Hey, Dave Palmer's on with us this morning. Good morning to you, Dave. Super Dave. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Our friend uh, from the, the North Texas part of the planet. Uh, he's our executive director at the Guadalupe Radio Network uh, in North Texas. And he's also the host of a show called Back to the Father, uh, which purports to teach uh, Thomistic theology. I mean, allegedly. Uh, is teaching reports? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, to... so called. <laughs> so so called. I guess we need to put that in our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, some to teach Thomistic theology. We, we some would say. Yeah. Some would say. Some would say. <laughs> um, pop quiz. Uh, pop quiz. Dave Palmer. Um, who okay. who was the who wrote the Summa before Thomas wrote the Summa? Uh, Peter Lombard? Is that who you're talking about? No. No, I'm not. So, 
Well, he, he, uh, he had the master of the sentences, and his was kind of the, the summa before the summa, if that's what you mean. But what, what are you talking about? Saint Isidore of Seville. Uh, oh, really? His his op his magnus opus his life's you know pinnacle work was the uh, the origins uh, I forget the Latin version and it's still five o'clock in the morning in California where I am so uh, it, origins in English and it was uh, it was twenty volumes it was four hundred and forty eight chapters quoted over one hundred and fifty ancient sources many of which do not exist in there at all except for in Saint Isidore's work. And it was the second encyclopedia in the history of the planets. The first one was Pliny the Elder in the first century, and uh, St. Isidore's came to us in the seventh century. And uh, many consider it the Summa before Thomas Aquinas. Very interesting. Saint I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, Saint So at any rate, <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you talking about today on Back to the Father? Well, first of all, the time of the show is changing because we've got the new show, uh, Life Live Joyfully, uh, with Father Sam and uh, the other hosts. And so we used to be on at 2 o'clock Central. Uh, beginning today, it's going to be 1 o'clock Central. So those of uh, those people who are watching the show, be sure to, to come an hour early. Uh, kind of like what you're doing, Joe, kind of time shifting your whole life, you know, a couple hours, you know, moving out to the West Coast. for. Uh, but today I was actually inspired by a conversation I saw that Adrian was involved in uh, a couple of weeks ago where it had to do basically with the humanity of Christ was, and Adrian, you can jump in, uh, what was Christ uh, a human being, I think? And th this whole kind of Christological questions about, I mean, it's one of the most fascinating things that's ever happened in the history of the world is that God became man, Right. And we, we hear, oh, he's got two nature. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's got um, two natures and two wills. He's one person. He's, you know, but, but what exactly does it all mean? And how, how does it all tie together? Who was Jesus Christ in regard yeah. to uh, being God, being man? I, I think mm -hmm. most of us only know it at the surface level. So one particular question in the Summa uh, has questions like, uh, is it true God is man? Is it true man is God? whether Christ can be called a lordly man, whether what belongs to the human nature can be predicated of God. Interesting stuff. Was God, was, gee, was Christ a creature? Uh, you know, things like that. So we're going to dig into those questions today. Now, I would let Adrian respond, but he's a monophysite, and we don't, we don't allow <laughs> monophysites to speak. You know, we don't let them it have opinions. It's funny. It's funny you say that, though, Joe, because the, the term, like, so the monophysite, so... Like a little, this kind of where, where it would happen on Twitter, people were uh, accusing me of being a Donatist, of being a monophysite, because I said that uh, saying that Christ is a human being is, is not good, uh, which it depends on what you mean by being, right? So that's the problem with the word being, is there's no strict philosophical definition of the word being where there is for person, there is for substance, and that's why the church never uses the term, oh, Christ is a human being. He says Christ is man with a human nature, divine nature, but he's the second person of the Trinity. He's a divine person. And that's the, uh, the simple articulation of what a Christ is. But the monophysites, that heresy came up because there was, uh, it was not actually originally a heresy. People would say monophysite because God is one, right? Uh, the whole, uh, our Lord is one. 
And then as they start articulating it, be having more precise definitions of things, more precise understanding of things, they're like, okay, well, let's see, what do we mean by one? What do we mean by saying that God is one? If by God is one, you mean that there is like a blending of the natures, he's some kind of hybrid, human divine hybrid, well, then that's wrong. And that's what the homonophysite heresy became. Uh, and I find it very fascinating, too. The incarnation, like Dave Palmer was saying, is one of the most fascinating things. Like it is, it is the the central mystery, other than the Holy Trinity itself, of the Catholic faith. Uh, wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, and I, I think personally, the Holy Trinity is a little bit easier to understand, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, they're, they're both very complicated, uh, and Thomas delves into both of them a lot in the Summa, as you know. But I totally agree with what Adrian just said. It's 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 terminology, okay? So I actually wrote down some of the words that we'll go over today in the show, like nature. What what is what is it what does it mean to have a nature? What's a person? What's a man? What's a another word? Aquinas <laughs> likes to use God, body, soul, Christ, hypostases. You know, we hear about the hypostatic union. That comes from the union of two hypostases. You know, wh- what's a hypostasis, and you know, how is it different from a suppositum or a nature? And, and so I'm not saying that we'll have all the answers, but we're going to delve into this today. And I've also got three high school interns that will be on the show with us today that will be uh, – Adrian and I will be throwing this out to them. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to see if we can uh, learn a little bit today. You know, it's fascinating because, uh, because Adrian uh, put – you know, was conversating about that on Twitter, how many Catholics uh, simply don't know. They don't know any of this. They they think they know, and they assume that they know, and, re- and in reality they don't, which I sort of indicates that there's a lot of Catholics, you know, that are out there throwing stuff around with so little information to go by. That should be very concerning. Yeah, I, I think we have to come at it with a, a spirit of humility. You know, like I said, I'm not going to start the show saying, all right, everybody, uh, in this hour, I'm going to teach you everything about the Incarnation and what all these terms mean. But I think if, at least if we have a curiosity, like, you know, what, what does this mean? I mean, how can a person walk the earth who at the same time is God and man? I mean, how does it even happen? How can you have a divine will and a human will at the same time, you know, a, a, a human intellect and a, and a divine intellect at the same time. If nothing else, let's just be fascinated by it and then delve into a master like Aquinas and see what he says. And if you walk away an hour after the show begins, knowing a little bit more about the incarnation, then I've succeeded. Amen, Dave. You know, I would just, I'm very fascinated by this as well, because just like Joe was saying, whenever people were replying in the comments, obviously some people misinterpreted what I said and was uh, trying to correct me and were, and were being very orthodox in their correction and their attempt uh, correction. But a lot of people reveal that they actually believe that Christ is two persons, that he's a human person and a divine person. I was like, whoa. Like you guys, this is this is very concerning, and so I think this like it becomes this element where the modern man. I saw these this tweet going around during on Trinity Sunday, where a lot of priests were saying, "Oh yeah, on the Trinity Sunday, I try not to talk about the Trinity as much too much because you know I don't want to accidentally say something heretical, so I just kind of just barely touch on it and then move on." And I'm like, how can you go through eight years of seminary and not be able to give a a low level version of the Trinity to the, your congregation? Like we're not so. Full Foolish as as the congregation, as the lay people, that we can't understand the basics of the faith. And I find.
find that very concerning, Dave. Can you tell me why people, like your average Catholic, should be concerned about, like, well, I, I don't, why do I care about reading the Summa? Why do I care about theology and philosophy? I'm, I'm just going to say my rosary. I'm just going to pray. Not that saying the rosary is bad. I pray uh, three rosaries, four rosaries every day. So, But why, what, why should I care about St. Thomas? Well, St. Thomas is the, you know, he's the doctor of the doctor. He's the angelic doctor. He's the patron saint of all Catholic school education. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a pretty important guy. And he also synthesized all of the theologians who lived before him and brought it all together back in that scholastic age. And so if you, if you want to learn Augustine or Damascene or Jerome or even the, the pagans like Aristotle or Plato and even uh, Jewish, you know, Moses Maimonides or Islamic philosophers, he, he, he brings it all together. And it's, it's amazing. You know, Joe was talking about the Summa before the Summa. No one's made a better Summa, <laughs> and this is, you know, 750 years ago. Nobody in 750 years has come along and said, I think I can do better than St. Thomas Aquinas did. He's still the gold standard. And the other thing I'd say real quickly is that the more you understand about the Trinity and the more you understand about the Incarnation, the more you understand about yourself, because it really, understanding these things help us to better understand our path to glory and how to, to best get their union with God. And that, that's really the ultimate goal. You know, uh, the reason why I brought up St. Isidore is because uh, the reason I'm in California is I gave a talk to uh, a conference full of Catholic IT professionals. They work for dioceses and parishes and organizations all across the country. And, uh, and St. Isidore is the patron saint of the Internet and of uh, computer workers, programmers, technicians, things like that. And what's fascinating about St. Isidore, among, uh, besides the fact that he, he, wrote, uh, he, he wrote his work, The Origins, was taught for a thousand years in universities and seminaries across Europe. I mean, it was just so impactful. But one of his big accomplishments was having to face the Visigoths who were being pushed into uh, the Iberian Peninsula thanks to Genghis Khan and the Mongol Horde. Um, and they were converted by Aryan... Uh, missionaries and so they came into Spain in the area of what we call Spain today as Aryan heretics they were happy to burn down Catholic churches and spare the Aryan ones and he converted them he made it his mission uh, along he called his priests his presbyters together and local bishops got together and they addressed the problem they faced it head along head on and he was able to convert them and I, I bring this up to say who Christ is caused so much drama for the first, you know, f five, six centuries after Christ's resurrection and ascension into heaven. I mean, it is so fundamental to our faith that I think that today in 2022, we, we sort of act a little bit more casual about it, but it was such a huge thing to try to wrap your head around who Christ was in the early days. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we've gotten kind of lazy. And again, we learned that, you know, what maybe what we learned in first grade Sunday school, like, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is God and man. And then we kind of roll with that the rest of our life. Oh, OK, you know, which is good if you accept that and you believe it. That's that's a good start. But uh, like you say, Joe, I, I think it should be challenging. It, it should be a little confusing because if it, if it wasn't confusing, then it wouldn't be divine because the, the divine so much surpasses what we're able to figure out 
with our our little you know brains and, and intellects. And so, <laughs> again, I, I think the goal here is just to to to, to interest people enough to say I want to learn more. And if, yeah. like I said yeah. before, if you if you at two o'clock central today after our show is over, you know a little bit more about the incarnation, then we've succeeded. Now, why do you look at me when you say little brain? I'm just curious. Why did you look, why, why did you look at Rudy or Adrian? Why, I'm just teasing. All right, so back to the father. It's at 2 today, 2 Central? 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock Central. Okay, so it's all right, we said was this. 2, now 1. 1 o'clock Central. You can watch the show, hang out live, uh, interact with, with Dave and the team on YouTube, GRN Online, to search for the GRN Online on YouTube. And yours They're truly all, will be a guest. Uh, they're also going to be on Facebook, streaming to Facebook. Are you going to stream anywhere else, Dave? YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think that's it, yeah. And, and Adrian okay. will be on with us. And I think this is other than the time that he hosted when I was on vacation. I think this is mm -hmm. the only time he's been on, yeah. you know, on, on. Yeah. You know, he's been a, a commenter oftentimes. But that's well, going to add the intellectual depth of the uh, show con considerably. So it's going to be Super Dave and the Monophysite from Houston. It, what could go wrong? I don't know. Purported. In. Purported. 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 Allegedly teaching St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas. Uh, at any rate, Dave, thanks for your time today. God bless you. God love you. Tune in 1 o'clock uh, GRN Online on YouTube. Hey, we're going to go to the break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling. Three more chances to win the prizes, and you could win. 877-757-9424. ...to keep death daily before our eyes. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At first hearing, this can sound really depressing. A grim recipe for a sad life. But let's think about that again. Do you know anyone who's not going to die? St. Benedict is simply reminding us that death is just a part of life. It is the last opportunity we will have to accept God's will for us, and He wants us to be ready for it. Keeping death daily before our eyes puts all the other parts of life in the right perspective and helps us give them their proper value. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. For St. Benedict, death is something good to keep in mind as the final fulfillment in our life of that love of God which cast out fear. Now that's not such a sad way to live, is it? Are you aware that the devil has a plan for your marriage just as God does? He has no desire for the success of your marriage. He doesn't want the two of you to help each other get to heaven, but instead he instigates each of you to lead the other straight to hell through self-centeredness, materialism, and apathy. Jeremiah gives us God's plan, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. You have a choice of whose plan you will follow. One brings misery, pain, and eternal damnation. The other, well, it's called the sacrament of matrimony, and it comes with a golden treasure chest full of grace. Call on the grace of your sacrament. It's all you need to have a future of hope in this life and in the next. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. But what we need is a caller to possibly get in on the last last three chances at this week's prize pack. To be our contestant, you need to pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. Call right now. Adrian is waiting to take your call at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. But there are a few things we do on the back end, the down low, on the secret Right, number one, uh, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God, and then of course, we like to have a laugh, and our callers tend to be amazing. In fact, I would say they're the best ever, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, and today's the day we give those prizes away, so you better hurry, 877-757-9424. And uh, here's the deal, though. The kicker is I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not be asking the caller these questions. So they don't need to know. They might not know a single correct answer, but could still win our game because I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer, the other will give us an incorrect answer, and and then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Mary is the safest, easiest, and shortest, most perfect way of approaching Jesus. And that's according to St. Louis de Montfort. Now, today, we are going to be drawing from the coffee cup of divine providence. And we're going to be pulling out a winner, and that winner is going to get two, not one, two rosaries made by a very dear Dear CDT listener, I just want to thank I want to thank the Luhan family for providing these gifts for us to give away for our our patrons here who are calling and who's going to get drawn out today. Thank you very Praise much, Luhan family. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Luhan family, for your generous gift to give away today. All right, let's go to the phones. Paul, good morning to you. Sorry about that. Paul, are you there? Hello, how are you? Praise be to God, Paul. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Good. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Paul? I'm calling from Nebraska. Nebraska. Now, have you called in the past? Because we had a Nebraska caller some time ago. Was that you, or, or are you new? I'm new. That was a another fellow Nebraskan. Praise be to God. Nowadays, <laughs> our second Nebraska caller on the show. That's exciting. Where do you go to church, Paul? I go to church at uh, Saint Cecilia Cathedral. Oh wow! Very good. Praise be to God. Are you are you watching online? Are you watching on uh, on a stream? How, how are you participating today? I'm watching on YouTube. Awesome. Nice. Well, Paul, we're glad you're here. Thanks for doing it. Are you familiar with the game show, or do you know how the rules work, sir? Uh, I'm familiar with the game show, but okay. run okay. me through the rules again, just as a recap. All right. Rule number one: I am on your side. It's you and I against the other two, okay? So I'm your best friend in this, and I, hopefully I'll guide you well. But number two, uh, I have three questions. I won't ask you. You don't need to know. I'm going to ask them. And one of them is going to give you the correct answer, and the other is going to give you an incorrect answer. And, Paul, you're going to have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do you trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then if you get it right, if you pick the right person, then that answer goes into the cup, and you might win today. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I'm ready to play. 
Let's do this. We will start with Rudy today, which, by the way, is wearing a tie. Hmm. Um, is that like polka dots? What do we got there? Blue? I see blue. This is a field of blue with a geometric floral pattern. Well, t uh, Paul, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, <laughs> is he tricky today? Is he not? He is wearing a tie. Just keep that in mind. All right, Rudy, good morning. And uh, are you ready, sir? Good morning. Sir? I am ready. Okay. Praise be to God. Are you sure? I, I thought, you know, I was waiting for the, for the music here. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was ready yet, but now I'm ready. Team Rudy almost got cheated out of their music. That's not good. <laughs> All right. Rudy, can you tell me what famous French Jesuit missionary was martyred by the Mohawks? Ah, uh, back when the Jesuits were pretty based at St. Isaac Jogues. Wow. Jogues. Uh, Jogues. St. Isaac. Not, it's not Jogues. <laughs> or as they okay, say so in France, Isaac. St. Isaac Jogues is your answer. That's right. Got it. Got it. Or is it? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Adrian, I know you're an expert in all things martyrs. Uh, can you tell me what famous French Jesuit missionary was martyred by the Mohawks? Well, I'm actually a expert on Mohawks. Oh, I see. Is the reality? Why do you think he wears a hat all the time? Yeah, <laughs> secretly <laughs> under this hat, I, I, am, I have a Mohawk. Oh. Yes, that would be Saint Katiri Takawita. Really? Yep. Saint Katiri Takawita. You mm -hmm. Okay. The great well, Mohawkin saint. Uh, uh, Paul in Nebraska, you're close to uh, Mohawkin territory there. Hey, do you know the answer here? What famous French Jesuit missionary was martyred by the Mohawks? Was it Saint Isaac Jogues, as Rudy suggested, or was it Saint Katiri, as Adrian suggested? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Paul in Nebraska. What say you? Um, I think I'm going to go with Rudy's suggestion. Hmm. Sure, he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Wise. Congratulations. Such a wise man. Yes. Yeah, of course. There's the dub button. We haven't heard that in a while. Praise be to God. Congratulations, Paul. You were in the cup. It was St. Isaac jokes. Uh, St. Kateri, not a martyr, just so you know. There you go. Oh, well. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to question number two. We're going to go to Adrian with this one. Um, I find this fascinating. We're going to start with Adrian because Adrian hates all movies ever. I hate fascinating things, actually. I hate fascinating things, mm -hmm. especially about movies. Especially movies. Especially movies. All right, especially Adrian, can, movies. You, can you tell me who may attend movies that were traditionally classified with a C rating? A C rating. Classified yeah. as a C. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. That means that no one may attend this movie because it really? is C for condemned. Wow. No one can go see these movies. No Catholic, anyways. Specifically no for Catholics. All right. Well, we're talking about uh, ratings from the bishops, by the way. All right. Uh, let's see what Rudy says here. Rudy, can you tell me who may attend movies that were traditionally classified? By the bishops with a C rating. All right, pull out your driver's license from your from your okay. uh, wallet. All right, I now, it's way over there. There's going to be a classification on there, whether uh -huh. it says uh, Class C. If it says Class C, you're able to go. If it's anything oh, else, you're a trucker. Don't you can't go there. 
So most of us aren't going to get to go because we're not truckers. Yeah. That's your that's your. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Hey, Paul, in Nebraska, who may attend uh, movies that were traditionally classified with a C? Well, Rudy seems to think you have to be a commercial trucker, and then your driver's license would stipulate that. Uh, whereas Adrian says, no, no one can go to a movie with a C rating because they were condemned. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Paul in Nebraska, what say you? Yeah, you know, this is a tricky question. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. I think I'll go with Adrian. Wow, that was masterful, Paul. Uh, you get extra points in my heart at least for, uh, for you know, because, you know, it's, what are you going to do? You have to go with Adrian here. Your hands are tied. There's, it's just out of your control. Uh, congratulations, Paul. I mean, if you're going to admit Adrian's right, you can't do it with such great confidence. You know, so w- well done, sir. Confidence. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's 5.30. What do you want from me? All right. Uh, g- third question. <laughs> Let's go. You're in for two. Could be a perfect score. We're going to go back to Rudy for this one. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me who is Italy's patron saint? Italia. That's going to be San Angelo Labuti. Yes. Why are you laughing? Uh, I'm not, uh, it's just early here in California. Look, That's it's all. been a You're while since early. I practiced my Italian. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. One Let more time. Oh, oh, what San was Angelo Labuti. San Angelo Labuti. Yep. Okay. Okay. Hey, Adrian, can you tell me who is Italy's patron saint? Italy's patron saint is um, unfortunately not a Dominican. Instead, <laughs> it is actually St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis Some people like him. I don't know why. Some but, you would know, say. Thing. Some would I say. Okay. Some might say. All right, Paul. You got options here. Who is Italy's patron saint? Is it St. Francis of Assisi, as Adrian says? Or is it San Angelo Labuti, as Rudy seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Paul in Nebraska, what say you? Wow. this is, You know, this is another tricky question. Um. Hmm. Adrian. Okay, I think I got my answer. I'll go mm-hmm. with Adrian again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, sir. You, sir, are amazing. You win for three. Praise be to God. And played so really well. All right, Ooh, we are out of music, time. So it may be God's please. will. It may not. Let's just Ooh. see. All right. And the winner. And the music is playing. And I got one I right hear. It's Frank. 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 Congratulations, Frank. Let's go. Hey, Paul from Nebraska, thanks for playing our game. It wasn't God's holy will that you should uh, win the prize today, but you were amazing and a lot of fun. So thank you for calling in and being a part of our show today. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. God bless you, Paul. Have a great weekend. Hey, listen, that's going to do it for us for the radio side of our show this week. We're so glad you tuned in. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. Be sure to tune in on Monday. We're going to have another great lineup for you of great conversation, bringing you the most latest information, all the news. But if you want, hang out with us for the after show on our live video feed, linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. See you Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. 
You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we who glory in the heart of your beloved Son and recall the wonders of his love for us may be made worthy to receive an overflowing measure of grace from that fount of heavenly gifts. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they are, were scattered, when it was cloudy and dark. I will lead them out from among the peoples and gather them from the foreign lands. I will bring them back to their own country and pasture them upon the mountains of Israel in the lands, ravines, and all its inhabited places. In good pastures will I pasture them, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing ground. There they shall lie down on good grazing ground, and in rich pastures they shall be pastured on the mountains of Israel. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord, the Lord is, is my, my shepherd, shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Besides restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. The Lord, the Lord is, is my shepherd, shepherd. There, there is, is nothing, nothing I shall want. He guides me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. The Lord, the Lord is, is my shepherd. shepherd. There, there is, is nothing, nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, 
will we be saved through him from the wrath. Indeed, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, how much more, once reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have who we, we who have through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep and mine know me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus addressed this parable to the Pharisees and scribes. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we are reminded in the first place that in sacred scripture, the heart is the place of relationship with other people and, of course, relationship with God. And the tendency for our hearts and relationships is either that the heart grows stony and cold as we get hurt by other people and say, well, I better build up walls and barriers to protect myself and make sure that I don't get hurt any further. Or our hearts say, stay soft and morbid and open to relationships, open to other people, but also, therefore, with the risk of being vulnerable and even of being pricked and of being hurt. The solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we are reminded that Jesus is the one who came to us with an open and bare heart, totally vulnerable, ready to be pierced with thorns, pierced by a spear, in order to manifest the depths of his love for us. In the first and second reading today, we really hear the message that God has loved us first, that the initiation of love really is something that comes and begins with God, and as St. Paul tells us in the second reading, even when we were enemies, in other words, even when on account of our sin we caused a disruption in communion with God, God is the one who takes the initiative, despite, of course, having no fault or no blame. He is the one who takes the initiative to love us and to reconcile us to him, is the message of St. Paul. And this, too, is the beautiful image of the sacred heart of Jesus. That Jesus comes, he makes himself totally vulnerable to us. He loves us to the point that he lays down his life for us and he allows us to enter into his love and to respond to him. Today's gospel finally in the beautiful parable of the shepherd who goes after the one lost sheep 
course, it is always a stark reminder to us in a way of the, what we could call the foolish love of God, that if we read this parable, we would say, well, you don't go after the one sheep, because if you do, you could risk losing all the 99. The message of the parable is to say God loves each one of us individually as if we were the only one in the world. That that is, in a way, how grand and how magnificent God's love is, that he loves each and every one of us in our dignity, in our worth. He loves each and every one of us as if we were the only one, and he goes to great lengths in order to bring us to himself, in order to save us. And so, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, let us give thanks to God for the great gift of his love and mercy that is manifested to us in a very special way in the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And knowing that God has taken the initiative to love us first and to manifest the infinite depths of his love, let us ask for the grace that we too would respond to his love by loving him above all things and by loving one another after the pattern of Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired to enact just laws that protect the dignity of human life at every phase and which always respect the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers. For all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. To Christ the Prince of Peace and Son of God Most High, the Father of the world to come, sing we with holy joy. Deep in his heart for us the wound of love he bore, that love wherewith he still inflames the hearts that him adore. O Jesus, victim blessed, 
What else but love divine Could the constraint to open thus That sacred heart of thine? O fount of endless life, O spring of water clear, O flame celestial cleansing, who unto thee draw near. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look, O Lord, we pray on the surpassing charity in the heart of your beloved Son, that what we offer may be a gift acceptable to you and an expiation of our offenses through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father. Almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For raised up on high on the cross, he gave himself up for us with a wonderful love, and poured out blood and water from his pierced side, the wellspring of the church's sacraments, so that one over to the open heart of the Savior, all might draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Jesus, we adore Thee, who in Thy love divine conceal Thy mighty Godhead in forms of bread and wine. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O Jesus, we adore thee, our victim and our priest, whose precious blood and body become our sacred feast. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O Jesus, we adore thee, our Savior and our King, and with the saints and angels a humble homage bring. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Let us pray. May this sacrament of charity, O Lord, make us fervent with the fire of holy love, so that drawn always to your Son, we may learn to see him in our neighbor, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All you who seek a comfort, sure in sadness and distress, Whatever sorrow burdens you, whatever griefs oppress, 
Jesus, who gave himself for you upon the cross to die, unfolds to you his sacred heart, O to that heart draw nigh. Now hear him as he speaks to us those The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hey there. If you're not a Catholic, thank you so much for listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. I'm Station Manager Tim Mott, and it really means a lot to me that you chose to spend this time with the Guadalupe Radio Network.